praise the Lord. Let's come together. Don't scatter like this. Hmm? Don't be on any white chair. Come on the red chair. Hmm? At least the first four lines. Hmm? Or the first five lines. We thank God for the journey thus far and for the great things He's doing in our lives. God's plans and purposes in our lives cannot be overemphasized. And it's good that we're in perspective with what God is doing. Because we are his people. It's very dangerous to be to be empty of God's agenda as a child of God. Because you'll be left behind. In the affairs of God, you'll be left behind. So it's your first responsibility to be aware of what is happening part time. The Bible says it's given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. The secrets that runs the kingdom of God belongs to us. Even though Jesus said we are in the world, we are not of the world. Yes, we don't belong here. What powers our life is not the earthly system. That's what it means by when he says you are in the world, you are not of it. Meaning that your life does not emanate from the world. This system here is not meant for you. That's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Okay? This wisdom is what governs us. We are in the world, we are not of it. And so, if we are not of the world, it means we are of God. We are of his kingdom. And so, if we are of his kingdom, then we should be aware of the things, the agendas, the purposes of the kingdom. As we have headline news on the earth system, when something happens, there's headline news on all the social media platforms and television. Likewise, too, we should be able to know the headline news of what's happening in our kingdom, too. If there's change of government in, our, in the world, everybody knows about it. Likewise, too, if something is happening in the spirit, we should be aware also. That's God's purpose for us. He wants you to know everything that is happening part-time. Nothing should be taken unawares. Nothing should happen to you unawares. And for us to be abreast with these realities, we must keep on pressing every day. We must be interested in God. Or else, this system will catch up with you, cut you off, and begin to civilize you in their own dimension. They school you in their own system. And before you know it, you'll forget, first of all, your identity. They will give you a name. You forget your civilization. They now give you their own civilization. You forget your direction. They give their own direction. At the end of it all, you are caught up. You don't know where you belong any longer. You don't know whether you are here or you are there. And that's the problem of many Christians. 
And so you must brace up to fight, to sustain what God has established for you. Very important. And for you to do that, it means that you have to press in every day. Never get tired. Because that's the, that's the fight. So having joined it thus far with all that the Lord has been furnishing us with, you know, before, at the beginning of the year, we were concluding that, you know, teaching that led us to understand that God has invested so much on us. He has given us his nature. He has given us his life. He has given us his spirit. And that's the greatest investment of God in the life of anyone who is baptized, who believes in Christ, and is baptized in Christ. And we need to know the content of that. And the Lord led us to elucidate so much on that. That by his, by his nature, we are now partakers of his you know, divine nature. And that is immortality. On account of that, God has delivered us. He is not going to deliver us any longer. He has delivered us by that nature from all forms of fertility, all forms of vanity, and all forms of what? Carnality. In other words, we have been moved from the regions where the devil can operate and destroy human beings to the realm where there is life abundantly. Okay? So that is what we, you know, we reflected on so much at the beginning of the year until we now step into Holy Week. And then we're now, you know, ruminating on the entire passion of Christ and what he has accomplished for us. Now, I want us to begin a new journey in the same line. Having understood that God has invested so much in us, we must develop that consciousness to know what God has invested in you. What makes the difference between one Christian and another Christian is that one knows that something grace has been invested in him. And on account of that, he is taking advantage of God's investment in his life and is blessing himself. Why do that Christian? Is he you know, hoping and trusting God that all the blessings are in the hand of God? He is praying day and night to see how he can ask God to do something new. When God has accomplished what he desires in Christ for us. And every day, I have a passion in my heart to open the eyes of Christians because the devil will do everything to keep you from realizing this. Paul says, we carry this treasure. How did he see it? We carry this treasure in earthen vessel. What is this treasure? What is the content of this treasure? What, does that, what difference would that treasure make in my life? If you don't catch it, if you don't see this treasure in you, this system here, which is the world, they will civilize you in their own way and make you feel empty, make you feel defeated, make you feel pitiable, and then every day you are hoping that something new will happen in your life. You see the point? But if you understand that God has done something in you, there is this fulfillment, there is this audacious consciousness you will develop. You don't feel empty any longer. And it becomes part of your consciousness every day. Your consciousness has a lot to offer to how you pray. When Jesus came, he wasn't praying the Father, Father, please bless me so I can bless your people. No. He knew his Father has blessed him. What he does is that he will go to prayer and say, Father, I thank you because you have made me the light of the world. I will shine where there is darkness. 
I'll bring light where there's confusion. I'll bring health where there's sickness. He will say this over and over and over and over. I acknowledge it for hours in his prayer room and generate such an atmosphere of energy that when he comes out, he will say, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. It's a, it's a, a prayer of what? Affirmation. Is a prayer of audacity. From the abundance of his heart that he sees what God has deposited, he what? He will speak. What he says is what comes out of him. We must come to that and also to understand that God has invested things in us. On account of what he has invested, our prayer is not, God, do this for me. Our prayer is, Father, thank you for the content of the investment you have made in my life. You see the point? This is what enhances our pilgrimage. So, as we are trusting the Lord in what he's doing in our lives, we are trusting him that we are going to be enhancing every mystery that what? That moves, helps us in our pilgrimage. Enhancing the mysteries of our pilgrimage. God did not just drop you on SRM here to come and such job is struggling and be hoping that things are going to work out, you know, and then tells you probably things will be okay, going to be okay and all that. No, he has given us all it takes for us to walk on this earth realm as Christians, as believers, victoriously, powerfully, achieving our purpose and achieving our, our plan, the plans he has laid for us until the time we gloriously are captured by him. He has given us everything. Understand this philosophy of Christ. When God gave us Jesus, he gave us himself. When he gave us the Holy Spirit, he gave us everything. It is the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit that gives you that energy that makes you to be able to have access to things. Access to divine security. Access to peace of mind. Access to joy of the soul. You have it already. It's not locked up in heaven any longer. It's with you. But if you do not fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you will lack the wisdom to access it. Because as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, He will give you the key to the first one. You will possess the key of joy. Nothing can take away your joy any longer. Nothing can take away your peace any longer. As you walk with Him, He gives you the key of remaining strong in your health, Remaining strong in your mind. Remaining strong in your, in your emotions. As things batter over you, as things invade your mind and your emotions, you will see yourself as stable. There's something strong in you. Others will have the same experience and they will collapse. But you, such things cannot affect you any longer because a key of consciousness, of knowledge has been given to you. Amen. Amen. So we must enhance the mysteries of our pilgrimage. God wants to have a robust pilgrimage. He doesn't want to just come to this earth, struggle, get some job, marry, have some children, get uh, some things invested, and then see one sickness comes and just die and just just go like that. No. There is something more than that. There's life more than that. There's life more than that. We are so blessed to have God's plans and purpose laid out for us. And it is important that we understand that as God has invested so much in us, 
and he wants us to have a robust, you know, an enhanced pilgrimage on earth, the devil too has also made a huge investment to make sure that everything that God has invested in you will turn to futility. That's why the purpose of the devil, as Jesus said, he has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you wrap them up, it is divided into three. Number one is to bring you to futility, where you become useless to God. Number two is to bring you to vanity, where your entire life is, is geared towards pursuing shadows, what we call material, material things. And for as far as you're concerned, that material thing becomes your joy, becomes your peace, becomes your security, becomes your everything. The devil wants you to see life in material things. And the third one is what? He wants to bring you to carnality. What is carnality? Living the life of the senses. It is what you hear, what you see with your eyes, what you can touch with your hand. That is what matters to you. Anything outside that mm, does not really make sense to you. That is what you want to achieve. But God's purpose for us is beyond this realm. God's purpose for you is beyond this realm. It's beyond what your eyes can see, what your hands can touch, what your ears can you know, perceive. God wants you to manifest his glory on this earth realm. He wants you to live purposefully for him. He wants you to understand that you're coming here. It's not by chance. Each and every one of us is a blessing from heaven. We're not coming to earth here for the earth to bless us. Each of us is a blessing from heaven. Each of us. As he has wonderfully and fearfully made you. It is not because you went to school that you are a blessing to this generation. No. It's not because you have money that makes you a blessing to this generation. No. There is an atmosphere of grace and blessing that you are carrying in the realm of the spirit that God has given you. And as you are coming, you are coming to add value to the earth system. You don't depend on the earth to give you value. No. The Bible says, every child is a blessing from the Lord. Now, what the devil will do is, as men and women are born into this world, within the shortest time, he's able to walk on their minds, darken their understanding, and make them lose sight of who they are from the womb of God. And so, they now arrive here completely lost on the mission that God has laid in their hearts. On account of that, because they have lost their mission, they make do with whatever they see down on earth here. They start picking up pockets of knowledge here. We may call it schooling and all that. At the end of it all, another assignment is given to us. Peter grew up and then he found himself around the river area. And then he started fishing. And then he raised a family. But when Jesus looked at the archives, Peter was not meant to be what? He was not meant to be catching fish alone. In the archive, God made him to be the one who will bring salvation to the ends of the earth. That he's going to be the head of the church. And when Jesus came, Jesus said, yes, you are the one. He, point, point, you know, he pointed out what is the original plan of God for Peter. He said, from now henceforth, you will not catch fish. You will be catching men. That did not just happen that day. It has been 
put into his purpose that he is the one who is going to be the first person who will be the head of the church. If the light of the world did not show up in Peter's life, Peter will continue fishing. And the day he will catch plenty of fish, he will say, oh God, I thank you. He will think that he is fulfilling purpose. But as far as God's, concern, as God's plan is concerned, Peter is completely living outside God's purpose for his life. The same thing in uh, Matthew. He was doing collecting money. But God has also positioned him to take an assignment. So one of the ways you will enhance your pilgrimage on earth here is to say, excuse me, I have been living my life here, but what is God's original purpose for my life? You need to press in. What was written in your archives before you were born? What did God tell Jeremiah? He said, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, what? I knew you. Before you were born, I ordained you. You think he's only with Jeremiah? Each person, before you were born, there is something, some kind of business that God has done with you. And you knew it in that realm. But between that realm and this realm, something happened to you. You lost it. That does not mean it's not still captured in your spirit. It is still recorded in your spirit. But there is something going on that doesn't want you to know that business you had with God before you arrived here. So the devil will do everything in his power to make sure you don't capture that assignment. But when you begin to enhance your pilgrimage through the mysteries of the kingdom, which is the word of God, light comes into you. You start growing in awareness. There is this consciousness that begins to develop inside of you. From one stage to another stage. From one stage to another stage. The word of God begins to make sense to you. All of a sudden, you say, mm, I think this is who I am. From what the word of God is telling me now, I think I have this tendency. I think I have this. Then you are reconnecting to the eternal purpose locked up in your soul. Amen. Are we together here? Say thank you, Jesus. God will lead you to that point where you will discover your real identity and leave it out before your time elapses in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, when you discover who you are in God, even though you're not working in it yet, is a step, is a step to glory. And when you begin to align, when you now finally discover it and begin to walk in it, listen to me. You don't need to pray for protection. The fact that you have located your destiny guarantees your protection. Are you getting my point? Once you strike God with your identity in the spirit according to God's plan and people for your life, there is something that happens to you. It means you have come alive. Even the devil himself will fear you. Because he knows that this one has woken from sleep. He knows because immediately come under alignment, your spirit will start glowing. Your spirit will carry the real image of God in which is glory. On account of that, the devil himself will fear you because he knows that this person is awake now. And on account of the fact that you are awake, there are supernatural enablements that comes alive inside of you. 
Those enablements actually is what enhances your life. You are no longer under pressure. Nothing is going to be distracting you again because you know who you are. You know where you are coming from. You know where you are heading to. You are no longer confused. And each step you take in your life, you are very much sure that this step is in accordance with what? God's purpose for my life. I'm not confused. What I'm doing now is what God has ordained me to do. And for God to ordain you in that realm, it means that he gives you all it takes for you to fulfill that destiny. Amen. Are we together here? Are we going too high? We are together, right? That is why, you see, when many Christians take their Christian life into morning prayer, evening prayer, go to church and come back, you can never wake up. You can never know yourself. You can never discover yourself. But when you go beyond that routine and see that there's still more in God and begin to press in by once in a while you create time to be with God. God becomes a reality that you live with all the time. Your passion for God surpasses every other passion. Every now you are just you are just into God. Your thoughts, you are thinking about Him. You are just thinking about Jesus. What he accomplished, your love for me is just increasing. Every little time you have, you just give him a little attention. He becomes your consciousness. That generates the hunger to keep picking, you know, picking, you know, uh, uh, following him. At night, you are back home, you are tired. But see, that just tells you, just go and pray. You just go to one corner, you sit down, you start praising him. You start praising him. Not for anything, not thank him because you are just happy with him. When that becomes your day to day reality, then you wake up in, at midnight and you are so tired. You just went and eat yourself. You come back. The next thing is Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He just crazy about him. All of a sudden, sleep leaves you. As you continue that, even heaven will say, wow, somebody's interested now. On account of that, his light will start shining on you. More understanding will start coming. Your passion is increasing. Your energy for God is increasing. Then all of a sudden, certain things start happening to you. Spiritually, your faculties come alive. It means you are waking up. You are not getting alive in Christ. Our faith increases. Just like a child that is growing and he is getting matured from a little baby, toddler who is on the bed, who closes his eyes for the first one week of bed, gets to two weeks, he starts doing like this, open one eyes and close again. After three weeks, he can open the two of them this way. And then one month, he can look around. Two months, he will smile and, close, and keep quiet. Even when you say, mm, he doesn't respond. He only smiles when he wants to smile. Then after three months, if you smile to the child, he will respond. You see, the child is gaining consciousness. He becomes aware of the environment. Five months, the child is looking around. He knows who is the mother. If a strange person comes, you say no. The consciousness is developing. You see, and then he's also increasing in size as he's eating more food. If you need to pick the language of the environment, if they are speaking Russia, eh, language, around the environment, that just start picking that vocabulary immediately. 
the child is gaining consciousness. Likewise to yourself. When you begin to romance with God that way, you will start coming alive. Gradually. Things start happening inside of you. You just notice something. Things of God begin to catch, catch your attention. And then, as you continue, you start picking up language of the, of the Spirit. You understand the things of the Spirit. You may not say things visibly, but spiritually, you can sense. You come to a place, you say, this place, mm-mm. I feel that this place is not good. You can sense that there's a force around this place that's not, that's not okay. How? You can't prove it, but you have this awareness recorded inside of you. You can come to a place, all of a sudden you feel, mm, God is in this place. You can pick it, that means you are coming alive. You are coming alive. You see, maybe there's a, a, something great is going to happen in this environment. You say, I feel something good is about to happen. You can feel it in your spirit, power. But prove it now. You say, I can't prove it, but I, I know that I know something is about to happen. When you enhance your pilgrimage through the mysteries of the word of God, your life will be different. Your life will be different. The devil knows this. That is why he will truncate any attempt for you to pass through these processes. He can tolerate you having your morning prayer, your evening prayer, no problem. Because he knows that is not enough to take you to that level where you start gaining consciousness. Morning prayer, no problem. Evening prayer, no problem. Once a while you go to church, come back. Aha. He won't worry himself. But when you begin to add more time with the scriptures, with loving God, with seeking his, mm, he will say, no, this person wants to break away now. We must complete assignment on this person. We cannot invest in your life all these years and all of a sudden you say you want to be more serious with God. No, 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 no. Please remain where you are before. And that is why that moment when you want to really serve God, more temptation will come, more discouragement will come, things will work against you, even things that should work for you before in the past, in your normal Christian life, just because you are taking God very seriously, those things will be frustrating. All of it is to make you give up that dimension you want to go. He will tell you, be a slave and eat your food. But he doesn't want you to be a king and rule your environment. Amen. The devil wants you to be a slave, have your daily meal, have your business run for you, okay? But be a slave. As long as you're a slave in the spirit, no problem. Everything will work for your good, you know? They pay your salaries, uh-huh. you have your car, you have your house, everything is okay, no problem. He will not disturb you. But the moment you want to ascend the place God has placed you in Christ, because once you step in into that realm, when you pray, your prayer determines the atmosphere of your environment. You are now ruling. He doesn't want it. The moment you are trying to ascend that dimension so that as you pray, you cover your children. He can't penetrate your family and start messing up your children. Mm, he doesn't want that. Because he still wants to have access in your family. So he wants you to remain a slave 
So at any time he wants to pick any of your children, he can easily come and then freely corrupt that child and take that child away. You will be busy praying and say, oh God, why, why, why? That one will go. Unless grace intervenes. So that's why you see vast number of Christians that are just normal. But they are the beck and call of the enemy's onslaught. That's not the plan of God for you. So he keeps investing in his demonic uh, infrastructures to produce more darkness, to alter the energy balance, to create more atmosphere that will weaken you spiritually, so he can always have the upper hand. He will allow you to have all the money in this world, but he wants to be a slave to him. He wants you to have everything at your back and call, but spiritually, he wants to rule over you. But you can't live like that. Because that's not God's plan for you. You will never be relevant to him. You will never be relevant to yourself. You will only be relevant to the world. Men will praise you for all your success. They say he was a great man. He was a great woman. On account of what? Useless life, fertility. On account of what? Vanity. On account of what? Canality. But they will say, you are great in the things of God. So if you don't enhance your pilgrimage, you know what I mean by pilgrimage, right? You understand my language, eh? Your pilgrimage means the time God has given you to walk on this earth realm. You're on a pilgrimage. Every day you are on a pilgrimage, right? Like moving from Egypt to the promised land. That's a pilgrimage. Your time lag on earth here is your pilgrimage. If you don't enhance it with the mists of the kingdom, you will utilize your pilgrimage without ever achieving God's purpose in your life. Two, you will pass through your pilgrimage and you will never succeed in being a blessing to this generation. You will just live on this earth Achieve things as it pertains to the earth. But carrying out a little dimension of the reason why God brought you on this realm, you will never achieve it. Because you never enhance yourself. And secondly, you are a victim of fertility. But something is happening now. For God to have stirred us up into this dimension, to understand that he is sending you on earth here through your birth process and you are here now and you are a blessing to this generation and showing you this dimension is a sign that he wants something about you to be accomplished before you finish your time. And I thank God for our children who are listening to this now because it's good that you may be aware that despite the fact that their parents will send them to school they will pass well, pass their work. Their uh, second primary school, uh, what they call it again, you know, uh, pass the second primary school, secondary school, do their work, go to university, get their certificate. Good. That's one side. They will also understand that the fact that I was born on earth here, there is something unique about me that God wants me to accomplish. And so they also develop that path also. And not mortgage 
that part of God with earthly achievements. And then at the end of it all, they will count the earthly achievement as part of what God has accomplished. No, 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 no. So God will lead them to discover their destiny, discover their blessings, and truly be a blessing to this generation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now, for us to be able to deal with the encumbrances, all the layers of negativity and darkness the enemy has created, that is every day be clouding us from seeing that which God has invested in me and in you to accomplish on earth here, we need to understand what the enemy has done. We need to understand the enemy we are contending with. We need to see what are his strategies. What is he using to stop me? How does he go about it? How can I combat with that thing that undermines my mind and my heart from seeing the path that God has called me into? Let's look at Psalm 74. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 74. We'll look from verse 20. Psalm 74, verse 20. It says, Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the inhabitations of cruelty. I take it again, verse 20. Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the inhabitations of cruelty. Where are the dark places of the earth? David is saying here, he said, have respect for the covenant. The covenant we have with God, he said, have respect for it, obey the covenant. Because the dark places of this earth, the dark place of this earth is the inhabitation of cruelty, meaning that is where cruelty lives. Any place that is covered by darkness, cruelty is inevitable. Wickedness is inevitable. Perversity is inevitable. Negativity is what? Inevitable. Violence is inevitable. Pollution is inevitable. Limitations on fruitfulness is inevitable. Any place that the darkness is cast upon, cruelty is inevitable. Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1 to 2 says, Arise and shine for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is upon you. How many things? How many things here? You say, arise and shine. For your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is upon you. And I'm asking, how many two things are upon you? <laughs> 
How many things has come upon you? The first is what? Your first is what? Light. First one is light. Arise and shine, for your light has come. I have a light inside of me. I don't know about you. I don't need to see it. The Bible is my mirror. It's telling me I should not allow myself to be intimidated by the darkness around me. He said, I should what? Arise and shine not my physical things. I should shine my light, the light of my faith, the light of the word of God in my soul, the light of my identity in God. I should arise and shine it because my light has come. From where? Where did the light come from? The light came from God. It answers in verse 2. For darkness covers the earth. Don't forget this. There's a cushion of darkness that envelops this entire earth. With all that you have seen, with all the network of science and technology, all the achievement of man on this earth realm, there's a cushion of darkness that covers it. It's an invisible darkness. This darkness is putting pressure on humanity. And what that darkness wants to achieve is to render humanity and bring humanity on the path of futility. Where man will only work for his own relevance and not to be relevant to God. This is achieved through the civilization that the ruler of darkness is engaging in that invisible energy that is using to control the minds and hearts of men. That darkness will so civilize their minds and their hearts to seek things that are physical and then glory in it. And eventually, he will trap them. That same darkness will trap the human person to be locked up in his five senses. What he can see, what he can perceive, what he can touch. Anything outside it, outside it he can't assess. He can't see the supernatural. So Isaiah now says, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness in the hearts of men. So why the world is enveloped by darkness, as the devil is ruling the world, he has also sent the headquarters of darkness into the hearts of men. So he can use men to advance his cause. But he's warning us and says what? Have respect for the covenant. Because any place darkness covers, be it the earth or the hearts of men, is what? Inhabitation of what? Cruelty. Are we together here? So you cannot be saying, I'm praying to be out of this trouble if you are not dead with a darkness that, ori that originates from the devil. You must deal with the darkness. That is why all the troubles we have is not only prayer that solves it. You may engage prayer for a very long time and nothing moves. Nothing moves. Have you experienced some time, some time you pray about something, it doesn't work out. 
Hmm? Have you had that experience? You prayed about something, you trusted God for it, and prayed and prayed and said, it's going to happen. All of a sudden, it didn't work out. How many persons? Let me see your hand. <laughs> What's the cost? Is it that God didn't answer you? Hmm? Is it that God didn't answer you? Or how can I explain that? So that's why the Bible says, Arise and shine your light. How do you arise and shine your light? Because there's darkness. You are operating and you are engaging not just your prayer. You are engaging your light that has come. You are engaging the glory of God that is upon your life. These are our spiritual instrument of engagement in dealing with the affairs of this life. As you pray, you have to arm yourself with the light of God that has come to you. You have to arm yourself with the glory of God that is upon your life. That's why you must consciously lay hold on the glory of God upon your life. You must come to that point in your life, amen, where you are convinced that the glory of God has tabernacled upon me. I'm a carrier of the glory of God. If your consciousness does not pick this signal, and you just carry yourself, thinking that just because you can rattle prayers, you just go and pray about something, pray, 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 pray. God will answer your prayer. But because you lack the instrument of engagement, you cannot lay hold on that blessing and go with it. So many pray, God answers their prayer, things are delivered, but they lack what it takes to assess the blessing. These are things I've learned through my personal experience. You pray about something, nothing happens. You go back to God, God says, I answered you. And your statement will pick the signal that truly God has answered you. How do you know? The peace that you receive in your heart. Peace will tell you, you have it. It's a sign that God has answered you. But lay hold on it now, you can't. You can't go to contend with the enemy at the gateways. David said, he has prepared what? A banquet for me in the sight of my enemies. Every blessing that will come to you, the enemy will see it. He prepares it in the, in the presence of the enemy. He will see it. The devil will see it. The eternal spirits around either will see it. Ruling spirits, we see it. Spirits from a village, we see it. They will know God has answered you. But now, when you come to lay hold on it, just as the Bible says, lift up your hands, all you gates, and let the King of Glory come in. And they will ask, Who is the King of Glory? 
You want to come in and take it? They will question you. So, now that you lack the light, the enlightenment, to lay hold on your blessings and take it, because what you can't take in the spirit, you cannot see it manifest physically. I've joked with some people. There are things in my life that before I have it physically, I will show people. You see this thing? I have it already. Many things. I'll tell them, yeah, you see this thing? That's mine. I have it, I have it already. Very soon you see me have it physically. I'll be showing people. I'll be talking about it. From spiritual things to even physical things, material things. By light, which is the word of God, you have access to it first of all. If your soul has tested it in the realm of his word, physically it must follow you on the material, you know, it comes to physicality. When David says, surely his goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That was what he was talking about. He knows the blessings that follow him. Anywhere he goes, that blessing follows him. So you must come to that consciousness. Now, God has blessed you in Christ. God has lifted you up in Christ. The Bible says we are seated with him far above principalities. The Bible says he has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. God has favored you. God has given you salvation. God has given you redemption. But why are we not walking in the fullness of salvation? Why are we not walking in the fullness of his protection? Because we are only engaging the infrastructure of prayer. For you to deal with the enemies at the gateways, you must have respect for the covenant, which is that God, who is faithful in all things, has bequeathed to you his blessing. Amen? Amen. God has given you his blessing. In Christ, he has given you everything. That's the covenant. You must catch this number one. What did I just say now? How many people caught it? Uh, I didn't get you. Say it again. Do you believe that in your heart? Say it again. Everything you ever think of now, listen to me. Everything. Be to your, your, you say your blessing, be finances, be good health, all of all these blessings. He said, I know your needs. God has given them to you in Christ. Now, you must acknowledge this in your soul. And every day, you tune your heart to always be in the attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Father, for my good health. But your leg is paining you. Don't mind. Thank you, Father, because you have given me divine deliverance. Your heart will still, be, you know, will be still be shaking because you feel you're not secured. Thank you, Father, as I'm traveling because you have given me divine security. Your heart will still be jumping in case kidnappers come. Just keep thanking him. Because in Christ, truly, God has bequeathed to us every blessing. 
This is how the light of God's word is, is what? Illuminating your heart. That's how you arise. You arise to what God has accomplished and live in the attitude of gratitude. That thing in your heart you are asking God. Don't be asking him again. Be thanking him because what? He has answered you in Christ. Let me tell you one prayer. I used to pray, pray for you. Each time I'm praying for all of us here, praying for people of this center, for the advanced Bible family, to those who come for money mass, to the families that come here every two weeks, you know what I pray? I say, Father, thank you because you have raised an army for yourself. Thank you because your life is born in their hearts. Thank you because they have come up to a point where they know who they are in Christ. Thank you because they will live to fulfill their destiny. This is the prayer I make every day. I don't ask God to bless you. I say, Father, thank you because you have blessed them. Because he has done that already. So what am I doing now? As I have prayed that way in the spirit, it means already I have acknowledged God's investment in your life. Then I begin to arm you with the light that you are going to engage to arrive in this your new identity. Arise and what? Shine for your light. Your light. It didn't say the light of God. Your light has what? Come. So you are the one to shine that light. And the first light is that God has blessed me. You look around yourself. There is nothing to show it. Say, I'm blessed. Yes. Say it well. Or has that energy, you know, strangled your voice? I'm blessed. You I'm can't say it well again. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. Say, I'm delivered. I'm delivered. Say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. Say, I'm a light shining. I'm a light shining. It's not a religious uh, acclamation. It's a living reality. When the Lord was teaching me this some time ago in the past, I was feeling that maybe I'm, maybe I'm trying to psych myself. You know, some people say you are psyching yourself. But one day the Lord led me to the scriptures and started showing me things. He said, go and look for all the places I said I am, I am, I am. And I said them, I think I said about eight of them. I am the living bread. He who eats of me shall never go hungry. I'm the living water. He who drinks of me shall never be thirsty. I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Amen. Amen. I'm the life of the world. There are seven of them. And he said that each time he goes to pray, those prayers he makes all night, we think that Jesus has a list of many prayers. No. He may go one night. What he's saying in his prayer closet, I'm the light of the world. I shine in the midst of darkness. I'm the light of the world. I shine in the midst of sickness. I'm the light of the world. Anyone who comes to me will receive salvation. I'm the light of the world. Anyone coming to darkness is vanquished. I'm the light of the world. I bring solace to the hearts of men. I'm the light of the world. He will say this all through the night. Because the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
From that moment, my prayer, my prayer uh, channel changed. So anything that Christ has said about me, I will go into my prayer closet. That is what, what, that's what I reflect. I'm teaching you now how you shine. Shine out what God has given to you. Your light has come. Your light has come. Say, my light has come. So you shine it by saying it always. Say it. Say it. Say it always. Keep saying it until you will challenge your environment that is dominating you with the words of your mouth. The prophets were exercising this also in the Old Testament. So says the Lord. So says the Lord. Go to the scriptures and see that all of them, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, all of them will always say, So says the Lord. They will always repeat what God says. The Lord led Ezekiel into the valley of dry bones and told him, Son of man, can these bones live? He said, Oh Lord, you know better. He said, Prophesy to them. And he began to speak to the dry bones. Because God led him to the spirit. If he was on the physical realm, he'll be saying it, those bones will receive life, but he'll not see it. But God led him to the spirit to see it. So you have to learn to shine the light that God has planted in your heart. This is how we enhance our pilgrimage. In the name of Jesus, I have divine head. In the name You are connected to become meaningless to you. I've seen people who became sick. They were ready to go. They said, I'm tired. So it means they are battling something. Something is engaging them. It is spirit. It's pressing on you. Pressing on you. It's called a spirit of captivity. But, child of God, the light has come. Amen. You have not received the spirit of timidity. You have received the spirit of liberty. Amen. 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 There's a new spirit inside of you. As the spirit of captivity is pressing you down, you engage the one that God has given to you. It's called the spirit of liberty. You refuse. You start engaging it. Because God said, I will not give you the spirit of timidity. So please, don't allow timidity to intimidate you, compress you, press you down. Even at your bed, death, taking drugs. Child of God, don't go through the day yet. Keep saying, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming out of this bondage. Even if you don't say it loud, say it to that bread, and they are blessed in your heart. Identify with the light you have received. Don't identify with the weakness. 
The way it is doing me, eh? I don't understand myself again. God help me. God will not help you. God will not help you. You have helped already. Are we together here? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. In everything in life, when your finances are going down, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to live in penury. Let us just call in the name of Jesus Christ. God, give me direction. What do I do? Network me. You have to engage that light in you. Because when God gave you Jesus, Amen. Amen. He gave you everything. Amen. The Bible says, if God not spare his only son, but gave him to us, how will he not with him give us what? All things. By implication, what he's trying to say is that when God gave you Jesus, everything that Jesus owned, he has given it to you. That is light. So I refuse to live by the conditions the word is given to me. If God has said this, the Bible says his word, you know, is firmly established in the heavens. That word will be firmly established in my own world. Shall I say this, amen? Amen. That's why he said, you are in the world. You are not of the world. Nothing comes cheap. Nothing comes cheap. One day David was living his life. The spirit of humility and futility started pressing on him. All doors were closed. Things were not flowing again. And David sensed it by the spirit of prophecy. In the spirit that is not just economic hardship. This is not just things are normal. No, no, no. He says that the forces of darkness have finally located him and they want to useless him. Then he went to his prayer closet. The Lord is my shepherd. I refuse to lack. He wasn't praying. He was what? Shining the light of God that has received in spirit. Fresh and green at the pastures where he gives me repose. No restful water. He leads me to revive my drooping spirit. He prepares a pathway for me in the sight of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. He was just emitting light. The light of the word of God he has received in his soul. The Bible says, Blessed is the man and the woman who has filled his quiver with his arrows. The arrows of the word of God that have crystallized and condensed in your soul. These are the arrows God has put in you. You have to use them to use them against the onslaught of Satan. He prepares a banquet for me in the sight of my enemies. Even though I pass through the valleys of the shadows of death, I refuse to fear. For the Lord is there with me. With this, He comforts me. Say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. That was how David was shining out his light. No wonder. He will go to a war. They will fight all the battles. Miraculously, this man will come back. No scratch in his body. You will go to Radem in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I didn't hear you. Amen. 
That's why after you preach writing all this, you are writing. God is, you know, investing his light upon you. You will write them. You will go home. You will leave them. You will not engage Proverbs 4 verse 20. You will engage it. I have talked to this before. God will furnish you with the food. He will prepare a banquet for you in the sight of your enemy. God will give you this insight. This word and light. Furnish you with all of them. You will write them down. You will go home and you dump them. That when you meet the enemy of the gateways, you are bankrupt of light to shine. You start praying God is going to help you. But he gave you his word. And he said, his word not come back to him, word boy. We are accomplishing what they are sent you to do. So the word is given to you is on a mission to accomplish something in somebody's life. He said, the words are spoken to you. They are what? They are spirits. They are life. Wow. So each word carries a spirit behind it. So when you speak it out, it's not matter where you are speaking, brother. You are speaking that spirit. So it is spirit, but it's what? Spirit. He said the battle is not yours. He, the battle is his. So he put his word in your mouth. In the face of opposition, you release the word. You watch and see how the enemy is subdued. That's the truth. Say, don't say a word, and I know my servant to be here. That man knew that what he was holding his servant down was the spirit of infirmity. And just a word from Jesus, when the words of Jesus carry his spirit, goes to collide with the spirit of infirmity. The spirit of infirmity has no option now to bow. Shall they be the Amen. I don't know where I'm getting from today. Yeah, sure. Go and exercise your life. That is how you enhance your pretty major. But if you still want to dwell in. The devil say, no problem. Just drink some tea. Just remain the way you are. No problem. They will allow you to have your meal breakfast, lunch, for your car, drive around. But you are still a slave on that hill. He says he wants you to jam you up through the day. He does, while you are sleeping, he does drop an energy. You wake up for Canada throughout that day. You insult everybody. You get angry with all your workers. You get angry with everybody. You just break this, break your TV. And the next day you'll be wondering, why did I do all this himself? All of a sudden, again, he says, the way I'm looking, let me just help you. You drop one day, you abandon prayer for the next one month. Everything about prayer doesn't impress you again. All you just long for is the useless thing. You know you are getting useless. You will know. You just know that you are useless to God. You just know God. You are enjoying it. Then after two months, you say, Ay, oh, what's happened to me? What I just said, I don't understand myself again. Hey, it's part of it. <laughs> Thank you, precious Father. Amen. Arise and shine your light. As I shine the light, the glory increases. That's the government of God. Because the glory is wrapped up in the world. So, how do you bring about the glory? When you begin to testify the light, when you begin to engage the light, knowing that the light cannot fail you, the more you engage it, you are creating an atmosphere in this supernatural. It's the cushion of atmosphere you are creating. 
as you are saying it and releasing it and having confidence in it, you know you are releasing spirit. Then the government of God will come in place. And the government of God will intervene and establish itself as the Lord of life. Arise and shine. How do you arise and shine? You are still before I was still. No, I was asleep. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who can okay, explain to me now, please? Who can okay, explain how to shine? I explained it. And that consciousness is needed to expose different dimensions of the kingdom. We need to get um, signals, again, signs from the kingdom that ordinarily we will not know. That gives you that consciousness. As I'm sharing with you right now, I'm polishing with light. And I'm backing up with scriptures. Right? Yes. That's light. You think the light is uh, really killing your heart? No. The light is the inside. That I'm giving you now by the by the word of God. How do I get it? When the enemy comes against you, maybe in the area of sickness, I explain it here. Yeah. Right? You are feeling weak. Yeah. You are feeling weak. Day by day, you will notice that you are deteriorating. And the tendency is normally, but you can when the infirmity is attacking you, it attacks both your spirit, your mind, your emotions, even your body. You will see that all of them are under compression. You will feel so tired, not encouraged to stand up. You're just hoping that things will get better. Then you start to get your breath is okay. And then you notice that until you see on there, you're just hoping God help me, help me. And I say that the life that Jesus has said was, by my wounds, you are healed. The drugs may give your body strength, but your spirit is still not activity. So what do you do? You begin to engage that world. By his wounds, I am healed in my spirit, I am healed in my mind, I am healed in my body, I am healed. Now you are now shining the light of his word and your soul are trials. Each time you are saying it, you are generating an energy in the spirit. You get my point now? Each time you are saying it, you are generating an energy in the spirit and that's how you shine the light. You continue. You continue. You don't allow the force of the sickness to compress you when you say, ah, this will not be true because the light cannot fail you. What's the question? Okay, also, what I understand by arising on time, my own understanding is not only the word, it's also the way you live your life. Keeping the word of God, obeying his dictates, his commandments, his dictates. Living according to the word of God, not only just reading the scripture. One is reading the scripture, but keep the word, keep the word of God. Okay. Thank you very much. You are very correct. You cannot even speak a word without living the word. Because from the abundance of your heart, correct? Right? Yes. From the abundance of the heart. So if it's in your heart, you're really in it. Many of us have everything in our heart, we are living the life. But we are not engaging the world. That's where the challenge is. You are very holy. But the devil keeps slapping you every morning. You are serving God. Serving God with all your heart. Last year, your first daughter went. This year, two are going again. You say, God, what do I do? I'm in church every day. I'm serving God. You know very well. There is no sin on your soul. 
But things are happening around you. That's what the Bible says. Arise. You are a house of pilgrimage. Are you getting it now? Yes, yes. And in that process, you are building an energy level. That is it. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person. You see, not to the sinner. Producing what? Tremendous power. It's not from heaven. You are not to produce the energy. Amen. That's why when you come from us and I see the Lord be with you, I say, okay, I'm with the Spirit. Lift up your heart. My voice will be higher than the voice of everyone in the church. Lift up the Lord. I say, I know what is wrong with you. I know what is wrong with you. He's shocking your spirit. So I don't vocalize them. They don't know what, what is they want your spirit to come out. But we have learned the secret. Our mouth cannot be closed. In our closet, we, we will talk on our breath. We will say it. We will say it. The mouth is not meant for food. The mouth is meant to challenge the cause of your life. Say it out. You dominate with what is your soul through your mouth. I refuse to be depressed. In the name of Jesus, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I refuse to be weak. The joy of God is my strength. There is strength in my bones. There is strength in my body. There is strength in my soul. This is the area of a confession of faith that will save me. And we Catholics were very good at that show of biosity, but suffering so much cruelty in our faith. If they will enter your family, pick your daughters and children, and make them up, you see praying. It's just a decree. And say in the name of Jesus, my daughter, you are ordained to start God. You have to say that. Even the Jews in the Old Testament, today, they are still exercising that. Every month, they lay hands on their children, and that which the father wants to see in the child is decreed. The child can be so deplorable. doesn't care. He keeps prophesying that child. You know, sometimes the child will grow into what the father has been saying. Child is the man. Why did God give us his word? Don't say the Lord. He has blessed you. Don't say the Lord. No weapon, fashion against you, shall prosper. As you hear it over and over, you step into it. Just imagine if God did not give us his word. We will grow up in the land. Enhance your pilgrimage. Enhance your pilgrimage. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, for he shall possess the light of life. That light we're talking about, which is the word of God, is the light you possess. It's called the light of life. Not neighbor. Not ADD. I possess the light of life. Going for sure, come and show my life. How? You say it the way God said it. In the name of Jesus, I possess the fruit of liberty. I refuse to be oppressed. I refuse to fear. This torture will come and choke your mind. You'll be afraid. No! Hey! When you hear yourself down, undermine the glory. The Lord is my life and my health. Whom shall I fear? Can you imagine? Was he praying to God? No. no was he praying to God? No. He was picking the death force in his soul. The Lord is the strong God of my life. Not my doctor. Not what the doctor says to me. The Lord is my, the strong God of my life. Whom shall I say from? He said, when my enemies come against me to devour my flesh, it is day 
who stumbled and fell, their victory has been written. You have to say to the enemy, tell me you have come against me, your history has been written. You will stumble and fall. Learn to speak the lies. Learn to speak the lies. Devil of God. That's why it's good for you to furnish your mind with the words of scripture. Stop living a Christian life without a Bible. Even your mother Jesus Christ was that it is written. It is written. It's not against it. Leave it quiet. Stop imagining the devil didn't know anything. No, the Bible. No, he also engaged in this is how we reign in the spirit. Learn it. God said, go and teach them to enhance their big image. As they engage it, you will come out of every trouble. Do you know, have you noticed that the more you are under oppression, not that it's not working out, the more you lack the capacity to stop. You will be able to talk about this thing. You will see that you will become an enemy of what is oppressing you. If you are suppressed and like somebody is sick, you will see him talking more of sickness, 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 sickness. If somebody is afraid, everything he says is from fear. That area the devil is dominating you. He will so compel you to turn your tongue to start propagating that thing that is oppressing you. But the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Where there's what a casting down. We say what? The way I didn't say it, I don't know. There is a living force in my life. Everybody say we're dying. I'm not dying. They can die. I'm not dying. Because my God says what? I shall live. He said, because I live, you too will live. They won't die. No problem. Yes, Lord God, this is how we pray. Learn it now. But if you want to still continue the normal religiosity and hope that things will change, sorry for you. Jesus trained us not just to be cozy Christians, he trained us to become soldiers, militants with his spirit, militants with his word. That word has been settled in the heavens. No one is contradicting the word in heaven. Satan tried it and he was cut out. And God said, I have even lifted my word above my name. And I hear, I do this. And I expect that you will meet with me. Only those who are lying with the word and insist that what will come out of their mouth is what God says, the Lord declares. As long as you are saying what God says, as your confession of confidence and faith, you can never think. You will lay hold on your blessing by confessing what God says. Confession is made unto reality. Yes. Even if you are confessing it, it's not a confession that you are just confessing what has already happened. Though. Yes. Not that it's your confession that is going to make it happen. No, no. Yes. But you are telling me, I'm too sure of what I'm saying. I can't change my language because of what I've been to me. That's an enhanced pilgrimage. The Lord has clothed me with salvation. He has put on me the garment of righteousness. 
In the name of Jesus, I'm saved. You need to be sure that you are saved. To tell the enemy, no matter how he tries to make you to commit sin, no matter how he tries to tolerate darkness, you are saved. Tell him to his face, I am saved. He has saved me. The grace of salvation is upon my soul. Look at my soul. If not, he will tell you, are you sure you are saved? You say, mm, I don't know. Only God knows. Can you imagine? So the entire work of Christ upon your life is, can you, can you, I am not sure yet. Salvation is not only when you die and enter heaven. It starts with the end of it also now. Peter still denied Christ after he said, Your names are written in heaven. But Peter still denied Christ three times. And Christ even prayed for Peter and said, I know you will deny me three times. I know the devil is going to you know, sweep you like a trap in the witch. But I have prayed for you. The last time when we discussed the impact of baptism upon us, one of the lights of the word of God that was established in our hearts was that by virtue of baptism, your names have been written in heaven, right? You don't achieve heaven by your piety. It is a gift of God to you in Christ. Did you catch that now? Yes. Did you catch that now? Yes. Now, what God demands from you is this. He said, my daughter, prove to the world my magnanimity towards you. That you don't deserve heaven. But through my son, I have clothed you with all it takes for you to be a participant in my heaven. Now, why are you living on earth here? Prove to them by your way of life that my generosity towards you was not in vain. Simple. That's why you live the life you live on earth here. To prove to the world, to prove to the environment that what God has invested in you is not a waste. You are a testimony of salvation. But you know, there are many of us who are sitting and striving towards salvation. They think that when they live their life, they the kind of life they will live. You can't live a life that can fake your salvation. Who told you that? That's why the devil has truncated this whole thing. And that's why you make effort every day, you fail. You make effort today, you fall tomorrow. That's what, and the point is you need to ask yourself, hmm, can I truly, can I make it? God, I just pray, even if we can, can manage for that I know that there's hope there. Because you don't have sufficient light to know that salvation has come. Even David in the Old Testament said, The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The guy was too confident. Many of us have been brought up with this piety in the sense that we believe we can talk that. The Ten Commandments, you must not break them, that's one. Then again, we have also been taught that you must this your, your, your righteous path that will help you to get into them. I remember when you were teaching us about the two aspects of salvation, the legal side and the vital side. You know, that was the first time I was hearing 
And it really makes a difference because I now understood what really salvation is all about. Unfortunately, those of us who have done it, unfortunately, those of us who have over the over the years, last two practices, yes, <coughs> we are privileged to have this that you are telling us now. And we have grown in that perspective, we have raised other children in that perspective, and then others are still coming. So we just have a tradition that is turning out people, you know, without having full content again of the knowledge that is required in the last of something. You know, my teaching here, sometimes some find it difficult to accept because it, it cracks a lot of tradition. Yes. You know, that the many people yes. understand. But I'm not just basing my my truths only on scriptures. But even the prayer of the mass contains a lot. I've always, you know, encouraged you to look at the prayer of the mass. Because that's where you find the mind of the church addressing God. Okay? Look at the preface of Easter, one of the preface, God is the preface number two of Easter. Where we say, the Lord be with you, I say with your spirit, lift up your heart, we say what? Well, we say the Lord of God, the Lord of God, it is right and just. Look at it, it's not this. It is truly right and just of our duty and our salvation at all times to acclaim you, O Lord, but in this time above all, to allow you yet more gloriously, when Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. Now he has been sacrificed, <clears throat> look at the consequences. He says, through him, through who now? I can't hear you. Say it again. Say through him. The children of life rise to eternal life. <clears throat> through him. The children of life. What are the children of life? Who did that mean? And the whole of the heavenly kingdom are 
throne open to the faithful. He said, for his death is a ransom from death. Death cannot hold you down again. Death that manifests in form of oppression. Death that comes in form of fear. Death that comes in form of unbelief. Death cannot hold you down again. Paul saw it in a film that said, death, where is your power? Sorry, your power has finished. He said, the sting of death is sin. And behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So the power of death is sin. And Jesus has death is sin on the cross. They look when they accuse me, my soul. I say, devil, close your mouth up. You can accuse me. But there is a one who has paid a ransom for my sins. In the name of Jesus, you are accusing of not bring me down. Let's continue. He said, and in his rising, the life of what? Of all has risen. He didn't say, <clears throat> he's going to rise tomorrow. In his rising, the life of all. I don't know for you, if you don't want to rise, sit down. But I thought I was going to rise. He said, the life of all has risen. The life of all has risen. If you don't want to see your test on the new platform, go and find. But some of us have seen a new platform. This is the prayer of the church for this Easter time. They are praying that they have been read already. And some of you are seeing the dungeon. They don't go to heaven. Say, my life is risen. My life is risen. But they don't choose, though. That when you are baptized, you are baptized into his death. As he was buried, you are buried him. And the Father raised him from the dead. You too, your life has been raised to a new of life. So the testimony of resurrection is the testimony of your life. That when we feel us, they can touch us. Champ will put on the ground for us. We will march on it and pass. We can't anything that can kill us. Or men will sit down and network evil. We break through with an original power. If the spirit of the one that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, if the dark spirit will give life to our mother. So when we meet them, when we're engaging prayer, there's a missile of life you carry. When they see you, you stop them. You like the Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't allow the devil to touch your mind. This is the prayer of the church. Okay, let me read it for you the opening prayer of today, Saturday. He says, Oh God, who by the abundance of your grace, not the abundance of your grace, give increase to the people who believe in you. Look with favor on those you have chosen. And clothed with blessed immortality. Are you catching this point at all? Yes. Are you getting it? Yes. It says what? It says, look with favor on those who are chosen. Who are those who are chosen? We. Those who are chosen. We're a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A consecrated nation. A people set apart. To do what? To consecrate. No. No. To do what? To show forth who are called out, out of where? Into his 
What part of my life is light, no complaints, no negativity? No one get this right. He can write all the things he can write. After writing, I look to the light, the market of light. I step into it. I need to confess what the devil is doing. If you like, let him run down the whole world. What God says, it won't matter. You go to dominate your life with the light of God. Look with faith on those you have, you have chosen. And you see, in this day, bless them. You see, those who have chosen and clothed with the blessed immortality. Not when they have died, no. Right now on earth here, they have been clothed with immortality. Hey! Oh Jesus, thank you Lord. I'm clothed with immortality. Endless life. I'll be clothed with something strange. There's something about my life I can't explain. My life is necrosed in a grave called immortality. I'm not subject to decay. I'm not subject to, to negativity. I'm not subject to corruption. I'm not subject to perversity because I've been clothed with something the world doesn't have. With a very atmosphere of God. That's the prayer of your church. That's the prayer of your church today. 1.6 billion candidates We hear prayer. And the whole heavens will be thrown open that the church that acknowledges that he was not in heaven now, he was in here. Yeah. 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 Let him. Yeah. So, why should the devil touch you with that? When God has clothed you with immortality. Say, I shall not die. I shall not die. You think you are praying that I shall not die, shall you? That when you say, I shall not die, you are engaging the coming of all immortality. And I'm speaking. Do you know? You think I'm talking to you? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the spirits that are inspiring and in your mind. I'm engaging them. And I'm looking at people for our life. And I'm to me now. The operation of the spirit is coming on all those elements, injecting fear, injecting the corruption, and holding you captive in your thoughts. That's what I'm reading. We get the vibes from behind the scenes. Those spirits that have poised themselves to follow you and make sure they bring you down. When we're ministering, they start to challenge when we carry the light and come. So we get power in the spirit because we know that the problem is not you. The problem is that guy who is behind the scene, computerizing you, controlling you. They want you to be angry today, they, they program you. They are forces of darkness. They are negative forces. They sit on your mind and your soul. They keep you down all the time. They will lose their people in your life in the name of Jesus. God has clothed us with a garment of immortality. You don't pray against witches. Show them your immortality. You don't pray against chance. Pray. Show them your immortality. They feel to be intimidated by kids because of you. They can take everything, but maintain your immortality. Things will come back. The invention of the heavens is that you maintain the quality of heaven. The Bible says, seek for the kingdom and his righteousness. And everything will be added unto you. And the emblem of heaven is immortality in God.
What is it food? This is a food that brings us to deathless. Who might eat my flesh and drink my blood shall never be dead. Who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful life. Catholics will hear this prayer and they will go and sleep. Some will hear this today and die in accident. Some will carry the bullet for this, this prayer and go home. They will call, they will call and they will die. Who's fault now? 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 The prayer is not that God should do something. Prayer also is to announce to you what God has already done. This is what we live by. He suffered. He suffered. No one has said that he killed. He suffered so much that time. Because the time, at the point, the time when they tried so much, they just banished him for 50 years. But then he said, they will not come up. They will not come up for the monarchy. He will be in Lokatita, same as. He will be in Lokatita, same as at the same time. When his body is lying in the, in the house. Will you say he went out? They say they saw him in Lokatita, same as. If you look at the map, you go to the room and find them by location. Because there are some force in the church that are not there for Christ, but they are on white garments. Christ was teaching one day in the church. All of a sudden, somebody who was carrying him was crying, screaming, Have you got the door up? He was in the church. Then the other one didn't talk. That person will walk the way around quietly and they say the person is normal. Don't worry, very soon. Very soon. We will open the first gates of heaven. That nothing will flow. And so who they are rested. Who shall see it? But stepping into this world, we're the ground now. Hmm? Because when the spirit comes, you cannot be the same. He turns into a militant in the spirit against the onslaught and the perversion of them. You go into a realm where you are too shocked everything. No, no, that won't happen. No. You invest some of your time, apparently, for this one you one, one witch, one stupid person somewhere who has worked strongly in the demonic will come and mess you up. You say it's the will of God. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Because that's God's gift unto you. Keep that word in your heart. Memorize it. 
and get it every day. Shine that word in your heart. Keep believing it. Keep believing it. Some of you don't understand. The whole thing I'm saying now, I've said it a thousand times in my room. In my prayer closet, I get in there, I begin to listen to myself. I say, this is what I'm sharing with you right now. I've said it to myself, said quietly. It has become my consciousness. It has removed the energy in my soul already. But sometimes looking around, you think that uh, it is just maybe the prayer I pray with you in the morning, but you don't know. I have never got trapped a lot in my spirit. That's why we wait upon the Lord. God has clothed you with immortality. God has bestowed in you His life. You are not in possession of the light of life. You will not walk in darkness again. When darkness shows up, what is your position, child of God? What is your position? What are you having position? You have the light of life. And when that life is inside your heart, and now because that life has done the abundance of your life, you see what the Bible says: what your mouth speaks it out. As you are saying it, you are shining it. As you are saying it, you are shining it. Yes, you keep saying it. Keep saying it. Your mouth is not meant for food. Your mouth is meant to create your environment. Confess what God has done for you. Then say, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has looked down on the Lord of his handmaid. Henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For the Almighty has done great things in me. Your mother too acknowledge what God has done. You are not acknowledging what God has done for you. He has punished you. Did you see any time when God came to me and put something in her body? No. Just that word she received from angel. I am the kind man of the Lord let me be done to me. Let every word of heard be done to you according to this word. Accept it. Believe it. Confess it. Stop giving God list of items to make for it. Leave those things. Leave your shoes. Leave your clothing. Leave those things. There are more important things to thank God for. And when you engage those things and try and give up for them, every other thing will be sorted. Amen. Amen. Now, to prove to you that you don't mind before he left, he called you and said, This is my flesh. Eat it. In case all the things I've told you don't make sense to you. Amen. You know, some. some um, Individuals, male and female, who wants to get married, okay? When they are cutting, all of a sudden, maybe something happens. Then the female wants to travel, or the male, and they say, Ha, what's going to happen? Ha, am I sure I'll not lose you, or you lose me? And they try to enter a contract, okay? Some say, Okay, let us do covenant, right? So we can keep our faithfulness, and they will go and cut themselves. Hmm? Abby? And then the man will cut, the woman will cut, and they put it in the, the, the water. And they drink it, knowing that if you cross our agreement, Lord will answer for us. Do it works. Are you aware? It works. You don't mind. Blood is the ball. Brother, no, you don't mind you. Blood is the ball. Don't joke with us. Yes. So whatever, whatever you agree or exaggerate, not only that, because Lord is involved in this. The blood has feet. The blood has a voice. There's power in blood. 
So if a man goes and breaks the covenant, something will work against him through his own blood. Anywhere he is. So Jesus, knowing that we can be so unstable in our belief, he decided to concretize his reality. He gave us his flesh. And even gave us his blood. So I don't need your own. But I'm giving my own assurance. Amen. Amen. I'm giving my own assurance. I believe you will not disappoint me. I'm not shaking. But you that is shaking, let me give you my own. So it's the blood of the new and everlasting God. Do this and remember what I've said that I won't say. He can't fail. His word cannot fail. Forever. Oh, Lord. Let it establish your glory. Let it fight us off 
Let it quicken our spirits. Let our faith be increased. Let the power be increased. By virtue of the instruments of your world in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. to stand your word to heal us. Everyone here who needs healing in their spirits, in their emotions, in their bodies, any form of sickness and infirmity, lose your grace in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the need of every infirmity, Amen. in the need of every abnormality, Amen. in the need of every darkness, Amen. in the need of every negativity. Amen. From the top of your head down to the sole of your feet, as you are listening to the sound of my voice, I decree liberty upon your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every family that is under the attack of the enemy, every family beset by negativity, right now I use you as a point of contact and I decree by the Holy Spirit that in the name of Jesus, that family receive the light of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The hold of negativity, the hold of futility, the hold of carnality, the hold of of all forms of negativity comes to an end right now as we implore and engage the garment of immortality God has given to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, you said you sent your word to deliver us from destruction. We know that in the realm of darkness is the realm of futility, is the realm of all forms of negativity, which the enemy every day propels. That brings Opens of destruction, the Bible says, the inhabitation of darkness is the place of cruelty. And so even as you have sent your word, your word has come on a mission to preserve your people, to deliver us from destruction, to deliver us from strange violence, to deliver us from every machinery the enemy has put in place that comes even from accident and all forms of mishap that visit your people. By the word you have heard today, we decree no destruction around us in the name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, King of Glory, we decree by your word that the encroachment of darkness and every plan of the enemy who will brought on naught and futility in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our families are secured. Amen. Our children are secured. Amen. Our things are secured. Amen. Our destiny are secured. Everything of God in us with the mark of the Holy Spirit secured in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As you walk about your life, as you go about your daily business, May the cloud of immortality become more real in your life. May there be manifestation of the supernatural in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I decree by this grace, there shall be no death. There shall be no violence. There shall be no negativity. There shall be no onslaught of Satan over your life and family. There shall be no darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. By virtue of his word you have heard today. Let the things that God has decreed for you begin to work out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God who are resisting you may they be open in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let them God be lifted. Amen. Let the King of God be made manifest through us Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I the gap with you. For all those long prayers we make it, trusting God for breakthrough. And God has released the blessings upon you. But contention to the line. Paul says, a great and a tetrad door has been opened unto us. But there are many adversaries. David said, a thousand fall by my right, ten thousand by my left. But he says something. He says, in the lost name, I crush them. Whatever Paul that is contending with you, 
Are they 1,000? Are they 10,000? I join faith with you. And we come with a line of immortality. And we cross them in the name of Jesus Christ. From this place. Things that contended with you in the, in the past. And they refuse to yield to you. Not because you are qualified. But because of what God has done for you. Shall be answerable to you from my hands. Once in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you Father because the Lord left us contended. Thank you because you said you shall be with us on the end of time. As we walk in your glory, engaging your life, let your testimony advance. Let your people receive direction. Amen. Holy Spirit, open the new gifts that are open. For wisdom, for knowledge, Amen. for understanding, Amen. for the counsel of the Lord. All we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ask my mother Mary and mother intercessor to continue to intercede for us. Be with us as our mother. Cover us with her mother's protection. And as she led Jesus to the grace of the stand of scriptures, that through her intercession, all that the Lord has given to us in the world, we shall do that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen.